0: Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher, Buzz Laubeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries, located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now, here's today's message. Matthew twenty-four, thirty-six. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. How could it be that Jesus, who is God, can be limited on any knowledge? But here it is, that Jesus even says that the Son of Man will is limited to the time of not even knowing when the time or the hour or the, the hour the day or the hour. This is the sixth day of the week in God's created order. The sixteenth day of the second month of 2024. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning to waken us up. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as we go on this morning, I open our hearts, may the Spirit guide us in the teaching this morning may be edified to our hearts, may it give us a personal sense of destiny, looking on into the future of when these things are going to be. I pray, Heavenly Father, that I guide the speaker and guide the listeners as we continue to grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. And we pick up right where we left off yesterday. We, we're talking about the day or the hour and the... Uh, that we may not know the day nor the hour, but we can know the season. Thank you, Tim. We can know the season. We can. Let's put it like this: You, you think uh, when the most celebrated year, day of the year for in I think in Christmas story it says in king or in kingdom, uh, the most celebrated day in kingdom would be Christmas, and excitement began to build you knew when when thanksgiving rolled around and first of all just just thanksgiving alone you knew that within the month and it was a long month too but you knew that you were close you were close to what it was by the dreary days of last winter and the 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 christmas start christmas music start playing the the stores started hanging up advertisements. You see Christmas advertisements on TV, on commercials. And uh, music started playing on the radio. Lights, uh, decorations started going up. The excitement was in the air. The season, we were in the season of Christmas. And in the tribulational saints are equipped with the word of God. And as Jesus, is, as Jesus has laid it out here in the Olivet Discourse, speaking with His disciples, He has laid out what they are to look for, what, what marks the sign of the season. And so while the Tribulational Saints knew that they will know that they are in the season, they will be in confident expectation of His coming. His heart will yearn, their heart they would be eager for his coming they would be uh, excited but yet they would still be going maybe may excited I, I, I'm not going to go with excitement because they're going to be going through some some very difficult things so I'm going to set, set aside the excitement to to the longing for hope the longing for deliverance because it's it's hard to be excited about anything when you are when when there's death around you when there there's the trials and there there is the tribulation and friends they are going to go through it these these are these are this is the cry for the perseverance of the saints to hang on for their deliverance so they can be brought into the kingdom which is just on the other side of of this. Such as we read in psalms that weeping may endure for the night, but a joy a shout of joy comes in the morning, and I think this is very much relative to what we're studying here, so we know the season, but what we do what we will not know what the tribulational saints will not know is the day nor the hour of his coming, so we know. That these things are not yet upon us, for the things laid out in prophecy are not yet fulfilled. Through though we might we might be seeing the stage being set, and as I mentioned yesterday, I do believe that stage is being set. But still, there in the historical trends, it is within the historical trends that uh, history is moving along and. By the providential and the per- permissive hand of God he's allowing the the stage to be set. And that stage is where we're going to have the Antichrist come on. So keep in mind that there were times in history throughout history that things looked like this was it. That it was looked like it was time that, that the Antichrist was getting ready to come and all that. But keep in mind in some of those times, Israel had not yet returned to the land. In the t- really, in the time of Hitler, the Jews were centered in Europe. They weren't centered into their land. But as we see in the day, with other, among other things, Israel now is returning to the land and there's the big fight to get them out of the land. And I believe that's very much significant Along again, along with other things. So with that said, as a Christian, I believe we are seeing that historical stage being set, and it's going to lead right into the Daniel seventieth week, where where the historical where history stops in that sense, prophecy picks up once again to complete Daniel seventieth year or seventieth week, the the seven year tribulation, and. As these things are coming together for the world, it is then that we will, uh, I, don't, I don't believe we will, I believe we as a church will be out of here, but the world will see the Antichrist at that time. So as Jesus, as God, Jesus knows all Noble. knowable. Getting back to what, what I mentioned earlier. Jesus knows all the knowable. I come back to our verse. First of all, Matthew twenty four thirty six. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. This, this identifies, first of all, this identifies the Trinity. God is one. He is Father, He, he is, uh, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one in essence. There is one God. But that one God, and they share their co-equal, co-eternal. They share the divine essence. They're omniscient. They're omnipresent. They're uh, omnipotent, immutable, love, righteous, justice, uh, transcendent. This is God and His essence is one. One God. But they manifest themselves in three persons. the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son, or, the, or is not the Son nor the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. They're, they are separate, identif- separate identifiable persons. And as we mentioned before, a person is one with a determination of choice. They have separate determination of choice. They have sensitivity or sensibility, and uh, they respond or they react to their, the uh, the creatures and the world uh, to out, uh, to I don't want to call it outside influences, but uh, sensibility in a way that they can respond. God is pleased when when we're obeying Him. God is displeased when. When we are out of fellowship and all that, so sensibility, and then there is the um, intellect, the, the the wisdom, the knowledge. So they are three separate persons, three different identifiable persons. And when Jesus, Jesus is the manifestation of the the manifestation of the Godhead. That is, when you see the appearance, the manifestation of the appearance of God in the Old Testament, such as in the burning bush or the angel that wrestled wrestled Jacob or the, the the, the one who appeared before Joshua on the outside of Jericho, each time you see that, or a manifestation of that, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is Jesus. Oh, he is the manifestation of it. When Jesus became, when Jesus came into this world, when He took on flesh, there is He became what we call the, the doctrine of the hypostatic union. And it is the the coming together of both man and God in one person forever. He is the Jesus is the unique person of the universe. And he is God. And as God he 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 hasn't he hasn't set aside any of his divine attributes. Jesus is still God. He did not lose nothing. And because God is unchangeable, immutable, He did not change to become man, but he took on, he took on the form of man. And as man, he also took on the limitations in order to function as man. We see this in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let's turn there. Have this attitude in yourself. Which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And so let's look, uh, so on here, Verse seven but emptied it. Let's back up six. And although he existed in the form of God, he is God. Did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied, and this word empty right here is the word kenosis And you not you canida says to completely remove or eliminate elements of high status or rank. By eliminating all privileges and prerogatives associated with such status or rank to empty oneself, to divest oneself of position. He emptied himself. Now, as God, he did not dismiss his divine nature. He is still fully God. But in the doctrine of kenosis, he sits aside, he freely, voluntarily restricts, that's important he restricts the use of his divine nature to function completely as a human being completely as a man so in there he has some limitations he has the limitations of being a human being but again he is man and all of this under the in the obedience to God's plan When you go into Matthew chapter 4 and you see the testing and the first testing where Satan says, if you are the Son of Man, or if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus could have done that very easily. He could, as my pastor said, he could have turned Satan into a gingerbread man. No problem the man, the one who had created the heavens and the earth by the word of his power he could have just spoken and those stones would have become bread but what would be the problem he would be going against the the plan of god he would be going against the father's will and therefore would make him what a sinner so these these were temptations. Jesus was tempted far more than what we would ever be tempted. Because, what do you think if we had if we had that divine power of Jesus? Every all we had to do was speak every one of our problems away. Boom, one after the other. But God says, "No, you're not going to do that." Here, so that having the power, of being God Himself and being man would be a great temptation for the humanity of Christ. Because at any point that He could simply speak and accomplish anything by the word of His power, as Jesus said to, to Peter, put away the sword. What are we doing? Starting a rebellion here? Don't you know that all I have to do is speak and the Father would send out legions of angels? At any time He could have... When he was being beat at the, when he was being beaten, tortured, and his skin was being ripped off his back by those whips, all Jesus had to do was stop, and his deity stopped doing what he was doing. And what was God doing? And Jesus is God. He was sustaining every one of the heartbeats of these guys who were just, just torturing him. He had just stop doing that and they were just dropped over dead. But that's not the function of man. So, even with knowledge, Jesus is limited, in, is limited in knowledge in his humanity. As God, he knows all the knowable. But functioning in as a man, there are things he did not know. There were many things he knew. Throughout the Gospels, we see that he knew the hearts of men, and he knew what people were thinking, and he knew what was coming. But he knew this and because Jesus also fulfilled the the office of prophet and God revealed these things to him as on a need to know basis. So apparently even as he is in heaven now at the right hand of the Father, in his humanity there are things that are there there's there's things that are limited by way of his his knowledge. Alright, so he's still functioning in his hypostatic union. And see, and again, he is he is part of that Trinity. Never never became detached from the Trinity. He's always the manifest person of the Godhead. That day will come right now, the day will come when Jesus at the right hand of the Father, that day will come when the Father says, "Go. It's time for you to go." And that's the. This is what we're. This is the context of what we're talking about here, here in Matthew. Is that the day that history is continuing to history and times? The calendar is turning. the time. The clock is turning and years are passing. And during all this time, from the time that the Lord ascended into heaven and now is seated at the right hand of the Father, this is called the session of Jesus Christ. History is continuing on. The last 2,000 years it's been going. But there is coming a time and this is the coming of the Lord, the second advent, when God the Father Will tell his son. Will look over and and tell his son, it's time for you to go. So go, my son. And I believe you know this is kind of reflected to me in Exodus chapter four, uh, chapter four, verse seventeen, when Moses is told to go, and he Moses is given instructions. He's going to leave. Midian. He's going to go back to Egypt, and and he's going to be used by God to lead his lead God's people out of Egypt. And so this kind of, to me, this kind of reflects that when Moses goes to his father-in-law and asks permission to go, and which his father-in-law grants him, and then he leaves. So then we come to the parallels. We're, we're coming back to. Uh, parallels pertaining to Noah here and as Matthew as Ma, uh, Matthew lays it out Matthew 24:37 for the day for the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of Noah for as in those days before the flood they were eating they were drinking they were marrying and given to marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and they did not understand until the flood came and took them away, all away. So will be the coming of the man be. Then there will be two men in a field. One will be taken one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. And this, as as a reminder, this is not the rapture, but this is the This is the pruning, I I would call it the pruning of the world population, Removing removing the tares, binding them up, they are going to be burned, and those that are left are going to go into the millennial kingdom. With that, let's take it into Luke chapter 17 verse 22, parallel passage. And he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will know, will, you will long to see me. See, I'm sorry, long to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And you will not see it. They will say to you, look there, look here, do not go away, and do not run after them. These are the false teachers. And they're seeking, these false teachers are preying upon the expectation of those within the tribulation, remember the saints are—they're being brutalized. There's death all around them. This is uh, the 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 intense pain, the pressure, the anguish, the emotional, the the physical, the psychological. I mean, everything's poured out for them. They're looking for the hope. False teachers are going to prey upon this. They're going to, their uh, false teachers are looking to, to lure them into a false sense of security, into a false sense of hope. And Jesus, Jesus talks back in Matthew, uh, Matthew 7 is the, uh, he talks about, about uh, the, oh, I tell you what, let's go back and, and see it. Matthew chapter 7. no we 're not going to go there, but it, Jesus tells them that that the man who builds who builds it speaks about the two men, the one who builds his house on the rock and the one who builds his house on the sand, and the prudent man who sticks to the word of God, the one who who uh, who, whose very foundation is built upon the Word of God and that's what Jesus is saying. Those who hear the words of mine and, and um, abides by them. is like a man who builds his house on a rock. The wind, the wind blows, the storm comes, and the tempest, that house continues to stand firm. And I believe he's directing this at those tribulational saints that's going to be living in that time. We apply it now. Listen, we apply scripture now. In that, we see that we understand what he's talking about, and we are applying that. And when we are taking in God's word, when we're standing upon God's word, and when the challenges come, we are we are on that. We're on that. Uh, we, we stand firm on that, solidly on God's word. We apply it. We're not only learning, but we're applying it to the situation and the, and the things to come. Certainly, though, within the tribulation, they're going they're going to really understand what this means. So there, so Satan, Satan, then as he does now, his objective is to get us directed away from the Word of God to distract us from the word of God because that is our strength. He's looking to trip us up and when we when we go away from the word. And listen, in the day that we live, how do we glorify God? We glorify God by our faith. And our faith comes through hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So when we are applying, how do we please God? We're sitting there thinking running this way and that way and being hustling for God and well I please God by working in church and doing this. No. No, we please God when we exercise faith and, and our works grow out of faith. If you're, you might be busy, but if your works isn't, isn't being produced out of your faith, that's a whole conversation itself. It's wood hay, and stubble. So a false teachers will seek to, to try to divert people's trust away from the Word of God. Bring them into a false Christ. There, and apparently, there's going to be more than just. You're, you're going to have the Antichrist, but apparently, you're going to have others that's going to set themselves up as Christ as well. And false teachers are going to be directing their attention to that. So, such as now with the Kingdom Now gospel. Today, there, there's a Kingdom Now gospel. It says the kingdom is already in place. We are living in the kingdom. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is false teaching. And it diverts our attention away from the word of God. It, and it directs, it overemphasizes the church and what the church is doing to, to establish the kingdom on earth rather than keeping our eyes affixed on heaven and, and anticipating the return of Christ. Luke 17, uh, 24 For just as lightning when it flashes out of one part of the sky and shines to the other part of the sky, so will the Son of Man be in His day. That's going to be the quickness, the swiftness of this time coming. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. This is a short-term prophecy. This is a prophecy that the disciples are certainly going to to witness. And it's... And before... So this has to happen. It's, it goes back to Daniel. Where the Messiah is going to come and is going to be cut off. So this is The reference back to Daniel chapter 7. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, and they were drinking, and they were marrying, and they were given to marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And this one, unlike Matthew, this one also adds Lot. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planning, they were building. But on that day, on that day, that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, the one who is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house must not go down and take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field must not return back. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other will be left. And answering, they said to him, "Where, Lord? Well, where? I guess it's where are they taking them?" And he said to them, "Where the body is, there also be vultures will will be gathered. And this is where the dead's going to be." Sorry, I didn't bring that up to you uh, on reading. but nonetheless, all right. So you have the short-term prophecy and then you're going to have the long-term prophecy. Isn't it interesting that the 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 Lord skips right over 2,000 years of history. He goes from he goes from the Jesus being being killed being taken out being cut off to the, uh, to the tribulational period. And we know that there is a period of 2,000 years that there, again, no prophecy. It's it's And it's dead here. Uh, I wonder if Jesus if it also, if Jesus didn't even know that it was going to be 2,000 years. So he skips right over the rapture. And I don't believe that such has even entered into his thinking at that point. Uh, At least he's not revealing it. The church, remember, is still a mystery. Uh, So nonetheless, all of these died without the prophecy being fulfilled. All of these, these, they may be very much expecting the the Lord to come. So just real quick, we read this. um, As I'm closing out today, we... I, there's much parallels that we can take in the time of Noah and in the time of uh, Lot, and we can compare them to their, our time now. And, time, and, there, and I've heard a really good dissertation from Andy Woods. I'm not saying he's he's wrong, not by no means. Or um, and I also heard a pretty good teaching from Chuck Messler pertaining all the things that compared to now that we can trace back and we can look at the time of Noah and the time of Lot and compare them to now. But as, I don't see this as the context. What I see that Jesus is emphasizing is how quick this is going to be. How quick this is going to come. Because, and, and that's what he's talking about in the time of Noah and the time of Lot. When judgment came, it went... It was, it was almost instantaneous. People were not expecting it. And that's the way judgment comes. You see, we, we have this mindset that the next day is going to be certainly like today. And we're just coping through life. Yes, we have our pressures, but we're going about our lives. We're still planning. We're still planning things. We're planning things even, for, even into the years to come. Got a grandson. He's getting ready to graduate high school. He's thinking about what he's going to do for the rest of his life. And people are people today. They they're they're engaged. They're going to be married. They're planning on having kids. They're looking at all this. We don't know, folks. What even the rest of today is going to handle. And this is going to be the same thing in the in the season of the return of Christ. There are going to be people. That are coping with the way the world is, and they're going. It's going to be there. They they still do not have a fear of God yet. But here is the warning that these things, that when these things take place, just like in Revelation, these things must soon take place. That means when that has when it starts kicking, kicking up, it's going to be quick. It's going to be almost instantaneous. So with that, we'll pick that up. We've got our we got our uh, continuing our study on Hebrews. We'll be we'll be coming into Hebrews chapter nine on the Lord's Day. I uh, hope you're with us on that day. And uh, I think that's it. Continue to pray for Sierra, David, and Sierra of Rock Hill. Uh, she's still in the hospital. She's still struggling uh, to hold on to life. We've got uh, she's. We, we've talked about it before she, the sickness that she 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 got sick in Pennsylvania up there on Christmas and uh, they went up there to visit family and uh, progress. Uh, sickness hit her and her her son and she left she right now rather than going through all the details she's struggling for her life to continue to pray for Sierra for those two little boys and for David and um, so, okay, we're we're up to another fine weekend in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Let's turn it out with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity once again to come and meet together and study your word. And I pray, heavenly Father, that the Spirit will be talking to the hearts of people and and, and to the listeners, uh, fumbling through through the fumbling of the pastor and. and I I rejoice in that, Heavenly Father. You don't you don't use great talents to advance your your plan and your purpose and you even use use the weakness weaknesses or complement the weaknesses of the speaker with your strength and I'm I'm so appreciative of that. I pray that the Spirit will open the hearts of those who are hungry for your word and hungry to know these things. Guide us, continue to guide us in accuracy and understanding and in the truth. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, again, it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting in good fight of faith. Lord, will and spirit guide rapture pending. We will be back here on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.